Hey, this is Michael Scobie. We're so honored that you're tuned into our podcast today. Whether you're part of our Vibrant Church family in person or online, I want to encourage you to connect with us on social media. Just search Vibrant HTX on all social media markets. You can also go to VibrantHTX.com to hear about things going on, connect with a life group, or even get to know some of our pastoral team. We pray this message inspires you, challenges you, and helps you make your next step in following Jesus. Let's jump into the message. Good morning, Vibrant Church. Are you excited to be in the house today? Come on, give it up for yourself. Love it. I'm so glad that you are here on a beautiful summer morning. I'm glad you're here. My name is Michael. My wife, Carmen, and I, we have the tremendous honor and privilege of serving this church as lead pastors. And we're so thankful that you chose to be at church today. Can we give it up like crazy for all of our first-time guests in the house? Let's do it. Love it, love it very much. Uh, Brandon, great to have you with Hope's Path. And thank you so much. Your faithfulness in tithing and offering allows us to be monthly supporters of this great ministry. And there's also uh, volunteer opportunities that we'll be jumping into with them. And so mentorship opportunities. And so just a tremendous, uh, just a tremendous opportunity that we have to impact people right here in our community. Amen. Um, one thing I do, two things I want to tell you about. Number one, next Saturday we have a serve day. Everybody say serve day. Make sure to check in with Roderick and Adina uh, Williams. They will be leading, they're leading our serve day. We're serving with Montgomery County uh, Food Bank and uh, it's gonna be a tremendous, uh, tremendous time. So make sure to sign up with them. And then next Sunday, we have an awesome, awesome thing for you. Uh, we have a, somebody coming back that's one of the, the vibrant uh, OG launch team members. They're gonna be preaching next Sunday. Pastor Sean's gonna be preaching right here next Sunday. I know you're going to be excited. It's going to be an exciting time. So don't miss next Sunday. It's going to be a great time. Uh, today, I feel like I've got a word for you on Pentecost Sunday and uh, opening up a brand new series called Clean Slate. You know, it's been said there are two kinds of people in the world, people who love to clean and people who marry people who like to clean. You know what I'm saying? How many of you cleaners are in here? You, you, you like to clean. All right, I saw two that are married in the back. Y'all pray for them. They're, gonna, they're just going to need a little help. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but everybody has something in their life, something they, that they get up for, right? It's that time of year, that time of... For you, the cleaners, it's like spring cleaning is your Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? Like spring cleaning is your time. And you just take it right into the summer, baby. You know, you just don't even stop at the spring. You just do it the whole... You'll throw away everything that is not screwed down just so it'll create room in your house. My wife is like this, so you can tell what kind of person I am, right? Don't judge me, Don't ju no judgment here, right? For instance, we have a playroom in our house. Well, it's not actually a playroom. It was supposed to be an office, but then we turned it into a playroom, but it's actually just a storage room for the toys, and so they bring them out in the living room because we have to watch them play, right? Right? We, they can't play in the playroom. That'd be crazy. Uh, weird stuff, but it's crazy how many toys kids accumulate, okay? It's crazy, right? And, and we, a lot of times, we don't even buy them. They just appear. They're just like, where'd you get that? Oh, well, you know, Papa came in town. Papa, I'm watching you. Papa comes in town, and he loves on them, spoils them, and then, then he go, the, the kids go over to their friend's house, 
And let me just tell you, a public service announcement from Pastor Michael's home, okay? We are so happy that y'all love our kids. We love that y'all love our kids. The best way to love us well is to love our kids. But please, for the love of God, don't buy them any more toys. Please, like buy them Bibles or melatonin or something, okay? Like, no, no more toys, all right? Something else, okay? But there comes a time in our home that Carmen has enough, right? She's had enough of everything. I will find a basket to put, like, we'll just buy more baskets, you know what I'm saying? We'll just put the things away. It keeps everybody happy, and we'll just stack the baskets, and we'll figure it out. But Carmen, she has enough, you know? She has a line, and she, what she does is she waits for him to go to bed. You know, like she's scheming. She's like she, she waits for him to go to bed, and she goes in and gets all the toys that they don't play with and removes them, or all the toys that they fight over and removes them, right? Anything that they're fighting over or fighting with, gone, right? They put it, she puts it in a big trash bag and it leaves my house. Well, the next morning, the kids wake up and the playroom is a totally different place, right? It is a brand new, like everything, we have extra baskets. I felt like, you know, it's like the, the five loaves, if the loaves of the fishes type situation, but with the baskets. Like, that's how I feel like in my, when Carmen finishes cleaning out. I, how many of you, there's something refreshing about that, right? Because the kids walk in, it's like, there's not stuff like, and I'm like, baby, you did a great job while I was watching football. It was great. It was, you did a great job. You know, it was awesome. Uh, how many of y'all, you, you identify with this because you clean your house before you go on vacation? You know what I'm talking about, right? You know how it is. There's something refreshing about a clean slate. You come home and your sheets are brand new cleaned, you know, like your floors are all clean, and I want that stuff done. I just don't want to do it. You know what I'm saying, right? All right, so I'm a, any, any of my people out there, you want it done, you just don't want to do it, right? That's me. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, all right. There's something refreshing about a clean slate. In this series, I've got a few touch points that I want to focus on that are real-life issues, real-life issues. And I just wanted to kind of take this summer, this summer season right here, and I wanted to just kind of pastor you, if that's okay. Just take a few weeks, and this is going to be more of a pastoral series. I'm going to get in the weeds a little bit. I'm going to do some teaching. I'm going to do some preaching. We're going to have a really great time. But I, I, want, I want us to be a healthy church, and for that to happen, we got to kind of get in the weeds. you got to let me pastor you a little bit. I, I really feel like I've got a strong word because there's something refreshing about a clean slate. How many of you have said something like this? All right, it's a brand new week. It's a fresh, clean slate. Let's just start fresh. Or like, it's a brand new year. It's a summer. It's a new school year. It's a, a new job. It's a clean slate. Well, Pastor, why are you preaching a series like this in the middle of the summer? Well, because sometimes in the middle of the year, you need a clean slate. Just starts. You need, you need a fresh start. Am I right? Let me set today up like this. How many of y'all have a bucket list? A bucket list, people. How many of y'all bucket list people? Okay. I'm a bucket list person, and, and mine is to go to each NBA arena and watch a game. I'm nine arenas into 32, all right? So I'm going to get there, okay? I'm going to get there, and, and that's, that's, my, that's my goal. My wife has a completely different list, shocker. Um, <laughs> when the two became one, the bucket list did not, okay? And so uh, Carmen's dream was, when we had kids, ultimately was to take them all to Disney, right? To take them to Disney. We're going to go to the... Mickey Mouse world, right? Mickey Mouse clubhouse and come inside, it's fun inside, right? We're going to go hang out. Well, my wife decided that it was the best time to do that right after our third child was born. And so at this point, 
Uh, we did this in January of this year. Uh, we had a six-year-old, a two-year-old, and a four-month-old at that point. I know, we're gluttons for punishment. Uh, so we flew all the way out to Florida, and we just tipped our feet in the Disney waters. Now, we just tipped our feet in. Uh, just got in the shallow end. We just went one day. Went one day and went to Disney World or Land, and I don't know which one it is. Mickey Mouse is there. I don't know which one it is. Uh, but, uh, in fact, here's a picture of us at Disney. Do you have a, you have a picture of it? Oh, look at that. That's, that's all. Everybody say, oh. Everybody looks so happy, right? Everybody's so happy. Miles is waving. Everybody's so happy. Dad's smiling. Mom's smiling. That lasted for all of 17 seconds. That was great. It was a good time. It, it was a really, really great time. Like that was all the joy from the entire the day. Because here's the deal. Our kids were hungry all the time. Can I have a snack? You just ate a snack. Can I have another snack? Can we go eat? Can we? They're tired. We brought one stroller. All three kids wanted to be in the stroller. If I had a stroller that was a king-size bed, I would have brought it. I just would have brought it. Just rolled a king-size bed through the amusement park. I would have done it, right? Thirsty. Then they, have to, they all have to go pee, right? It's just, I, I got to go pee right in the middle when you're standing in the line, right? Right? And then we got the little flash pass thing or Mickey Mouse clubhouse pass. I don't know what it's called, but we didn't know how to use it. And so we're like, we got in line and they're like, sorry, you can't use that here. I was like, excuse me? We're going we gonna, we gonna to pray today. We gonna, you go, <laughs> like, we're working through this. We get to dinner, and we're like, we just sit down, and Miles spills his drink all over the $45 pizza that we just bought. <laughs> Y'all, we got to that part at 8.30 with three kids, 8.30 in the morning, and we stayed all the way until the fireworks were over at like 9.30 or something. Yeah, some of y'all are going, yeah. That's exactly how I felt. When we finished and we get back to our Airbnb and we put the kids in bed, and I'm just like, ah. Carmen's like, we should go back. We should do that again. I'm like, excuse me? No, I'm not doing that again. No, that was your bucket list. We survived, we win, game over, right? We survived the bucket list. Well, my kids, you know, they had times where they were happy, but for the most part, they're like, it's so hard. It's so da da da. They were so miserable the whole time. Well, then we get home and we get home from the trip. We get and we get our bags unpacked. And what is the first thing that Ethan says? When can we go back to Disney? Y'all. You know, there's a thing called Disney depression that people slip into when they go back into their normal lives, right? <laughs> it's an actual thing. Google it. It's an actual thing people get counseling for. It's not like real, like, right? Why? Why? Because the truth is, is if we only live for these moments, we're going to walk away feeling empty. When we live for moments like that, when we step outside of those moments, it will leave us feeling broken and empty. Like something is missing. Today I want to open up this entire series on Pentecost Sunday with a sermon just, it's just titled, When Life Feels Empty. When life feels empty. You know, with our physical bodies, when we are thirsty, we know what to do. We drink water, right? When we're thirsty, nothing else will really do the job, all right? We, most of us love sodas, but soda's not going to do the job. Gatorade's not going to do the job. Nothing else is going to, water's going to do the job. Sugary drinks don't do the job, right? But if I'm, if I'm thirsty, I need water. But if I don't get the water... Eventually, dehydration sets in. What does dehydration sound like? What are the symptoms? What does it look like? 
thirst, obviously, irritability, fatigue, confusion, and weakness. Sounds like Disney. Just kidding. Carmen's in kids all day today serving, and so I just get free reign. It's awesome. So y'all don't tell her I said any of this. Um, we know what to do when our bodies feel empty. If we need water, we drink. We're in a great country, thankfully, that we have clean drinking water. If you're thirsty right now, we'll bring bottled waters into you, okay? You're good, all right? If you're hungry, you can eat. But what do we do when our soul feels empty? When it's feeling dry? Now, the natural thing is for us as Americans, because we're very blessed, like over-blessed, even when we're paying ridiculous amounts for gas, we are over-blessed, okay? And so the natural thing for us to do is try to quench that thirst on our own. That's the natural thing for us to do. Well, how do we do it? Well, first, I'm going to start out with some me time, you know, because I got it. It's all about self-care, hashtag self-care. You know what I'm saying? I got to have that me time. You know, I got to, I got to get a show to binge on Netflix because that's what we do, right? I gotta, I gotta go to Target because I need some retail therapy. I gotta have some me time. Or for some of us, let me, I, I'll just step on some toes. I'll step on my own toes. What, what if it's like, oh, I just need to go, I gotta go play some golf. Amen. Right? But we all have that thing where we're just, a, our soul's feeling a little dry. We got, we gotta have some me time. For some of you, it's you achieve a new goal. You're so driven. When you're feeling a little dry, you're like, well, I'm going to get a new goal, right? I'm going to get fit. I'm going to go harder in the gym. I'm going to eat way better than I've ever. I, like, I'm just going to eat chicken and broccoli for the rest of my life. I'm going to turn into a chicken. I'm going to eat so much chicken. Like, I just, you're, you're going to get so fit. Yeah, I, for some of you, it's like, go back and get another degree. Some of y'all got more degrees than thermometers. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just going to go back and get, get a degree because I'm going to feel more accomplished because I feel so dry in my soul. For some of you, it's looking to a relationship, an unhealthy relationship. Well, that person becomes your everything because you had nothing. That person becomes your everything. For some of us, unfortunately, it's a substance that we turn towards. And I'm not even talking about illegal or illicit drugs. I'm not even talking about weed. I'm not even talking about alcohol. For some of us, it could be turning to food that's unhealthy. It could be turning to, well, I just got to eat to make myself okay. Guys, for some of us, we're, we're just trying to survive long enough so we can get a day off. And, and to be honest with you, that might satisfy for a moment but it will never last. It will never, ever last. It's like brownies and ice cream in my house. I believe in brownies and ice cream in my house at all times. And I love a little brownies and some bluebell. But I know there is a time where I overdo it. And I'm like, I shouldn't have done that much brownies and bluebell. You know what I'm saying? Right? In the moment, it's like, this is so good, baby. Keep making them. They just keep, just keep doing it. But I'm like, oh. It's too much, right? Here's the problem. We often try to satisfy our hunger and thirst spiritually for what is temporary. With what's temporary. 1 John 2, chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Do not love the world. This is where I'm going to be. I'm going to kind of sit in right here uh, today. <clears throat> Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust, desires of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, 
envy, greed, and the pride of life, which is empty boasting, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. Now, I know you're probably reading that and you're thinking, well, what is the world? What is, who loves the world? Well, I mean, John 3, 16, God so loved the world. Shouldn't we love the world, Pastor? Jesus loved the world. Shouldn't we do that? Well, let me, let me just kind of break this down. Let me give you context because context is key when it comes to the word. Uh, number one, the world first is, is God's physical creation. It's humanity. God created it and said it was good. That's the, the type of the world that Jesus loved, right? He loves. For God so loved the world. The second uh, definition of the world and really the, the version of what's being talked about right here is worldliness. It's worldliness. It's something that is emulated. The key is this. When we are viewing and living life through our sinful nature, through our sinful nature, the created world in ourselves becomes center stage. It becomes everything about us, everything about me, what I want. We are self-focused, self-righteous, self-indulgent, discontent, and we're concerned only for the honor of ourselves, not anybody else. I'm really truly, when I'm living and I've got a love for the world, I'm living for the kingdom of me, not the kingdom of God. So how do we love? What, what is this love for the world? This Greek for love, it's a verb and, and it's agapeo. And it's the, it's the verb of agape, right? It's the love that God has for us. And it's an act of the will to highly value or to take pleasure in or to prefer. That's the definition I want to I hone in on today. Because it's, it's a great thing that God chooses to agapeo you and I, right? Because he chooses to prefer us. He chose to prefer us over removing his son from the cross. That's preference, right? He chose to prefer our salvation, right? But it's dangerous for us because many times while God is preferring us, we are preferring the world. Many times when God is preferring us, we are loving the world. We're agapeoing the world. Why prefer what is passing away? Why prefer what is temporary? Ecclesiastes says that when we're going after the things of the world, we are literally chasing the wind. Preferring the world, ourself, over our Savior is grasping at the wind, trying to catch it. It's grasping at an illusion. It deceives us. It misleads us. It's a trap. It baits us to be ineffective, to feel empty to feel broken, to be in despair and death spiritually, this emptiness that we're talking about today. We can get fooled by things that are counterfeit and it leads us to emptiness. It happened all the way back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve, right? All the way back, but it's been happening ever since. This is what happened, exactly what happened to the people in Israel, right? Jeremiah 2, 11 through 13, but my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror. Be afraid and desolate, dried up, declares the Lord. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. 
What is this cistern that he's talking about? What is this? I know that's not language that we would typically use. Um, let me show you what a cistern looks like. Can you throw that up on the screen for me? Uh, this is what a cistern looks like. It is a container um, uh, that they used to put things inside, okay? Now, the thing you've got to understand is it's not the source, but it's just a container. It's there to hold. It's not there to source or supply. That's the thing you've got to get there. It's not a source. There's no security because there's no source. It can be broken and everything that is inside comes out. So the word is saying here is that they've dug their own cisterns, cisterns that cannot hold water. Why? Because they're broken. You're trying to do life on your own and trying to make it on your own, but you are a broken vessel, which leads you to emptiness. It leads you to emptiness. This is a metaphor that these are, these are our idols, right? These false gods captivated our hearts and, and our focus and our devotion, it's left us wandering and unfaithful. We left our real source of life for what was an illusion. So then we've fallen for something that has pulled us away from the source. We're not connected to the source of water. Well, pastor, I don't need this, I don't need this message today. I'm not worshiping idols. This doesn't apply to me. Well, I hope not. But the early church sure struggled with this. So much so that they needed correction and encouragement in order to grow. In fact, Paul told the church in 1 Corinthians, Brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but are as people who are still worldly. I can't even address you as people that live by the Spirit. Mere infants in Christ, you are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Are you substituting relationship with God for a substitute counterfeit container? A cistern, a broken cistern of your own fruition? There's no God like him. So what happens is we often have counterfeit containers in our lives. Some of these counterfeit containers could be relationships that you have around you. You think that they're your source, but they're actually just a container. And as soon as they break down, you go, oh, what happened? My life is in shambles. It could be this love and acceptance, this family. It could be a, a, this pleasure. This, this other counterfeit container could be this life of pleasure that you try to live. It could be a food or a substance or a hobby or an experience. It could be knowledge. It could be this, this self-righteous morality. This, the, it kind of puffs itself up, right? This counterfeit container of success, career, influence, possessions, appearance, money. Church, I just gotta tell you, if money is the thing that fills you up, it will only take one bad day on the market to ruin your life. But if you keep close to the source, you'll, ne you'll never be without You'll always have enough. If you've ever wandered into the kingdom, following the kingdom of me, preferring the world, worldliness, living for its glory, seeking the world's wisdom over God's, prioritizing your agenda over the Lord's, clinging to the temporary, you're slowly emptying or depleting yourself of true life. You may not be there yet, church. You may not be there right now. 
but slowly you empty the cistern. How do you fill this, this emptiness? How can we live full? How can we live overflowing? How can we live abundant life? How do we live vibrant life in Jesus? On this Pentecost Sunday, I encourage you two ways to fill the emptiness in your world. Number one is to repent and humble yourselves before God. James 4, 4 through 8. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's that worldliness. That's why so many times I get a question. I, I, I get questions as pastors. Hey, look, is this like, it, it, this is a gray area. Is this a, I, it's been known in the church world as a heaven or hell issue. Is this a heaven or hell issue? Here's the thing, church. I'll tell you my mentality on this is always. I'm not trying to be a policeman to try to tell you what's right and try to tell you what's wrong. What I'm trying to do is get as close to Jesus as possible and let him figure it out. If I make every mentality decision, it, does this make me closer to Jesus? If the answer is yes, it's a good thing. If the answer is no, it's not. That's how I keep myself from loving the world, the pleasures of the world. Or do you think that scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Essentially, what he's saying here is don't just come to God and say, Lord, I'm so sorry, and then just go back and do the same thing again. All right? He's saying, no, purify your hearts. What does that mean? When you're purifying it, you're getting all of the junk out. You're creating a clean slate. You're, you're, you're letting the Lord refine your heart. Get all of the, the, the unhealthy attitudes out, the unhealthy thoughts, the unhealthy mentalities the unhealthy, the things that you've done, you've lived out. Get all of this junk out, repent and turn the other direction. It literally means to do a 180 and to turn, turn away from it. Well, then what? We've emptied ourselves. we repent, we turn away and we're gonna repent together in just a little bit. We're gonna repent and allow the Lord to purify us. But then what? We live from the right source. We don't try to live from a cistern that is broken, right? We don't try to live from a cistern that is temporary, but we live connected to the source, which is the Holy Spirit. Anybody know that Jesus is your source today? Anybody know that Jesus is your source? The Holy Spirit reminds us of our calling, it, the calling that we have to be holy, to live holy, to live in the world, but not be of it, right? He reminds us to walk by the Spirit by faith, to feast on the word and not the world. Not to conform to the world, but to live like Christ. Paul, he lived, he lived by the Spirit. He said, but I say walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So what we talked about earlier is we have dehydration symptoms, emptiness symptoms, thirst. I'm always thirsty. I always want something more about life. Always want something more. This irritability. I just wake up and I'm never in a good mood. 
I never have anything good going on. I'm fatigued. I'm always tired. Pastor Michael, I'm eating right. I'm working out. I'm, I'm taking my vitamins and I'm always tired. What if it's spiritual? Confusion. I can't ever focus. It's, it may not be ADHD. It might just be that your spirit's not in the right place. As someone with ADHD can say. Okay? And then weakness. You know what I found about weakness is that weaker people just go with whatever current is strongest. So if the cultural, cultural current is going one direction, I'm gonna go strong in that direction. I'm gonna post about it on Facebook and I'm gonna scream about it and then it's gonna affect all my, all my relationships and I'm gonna be super mad or I'm gonna be super happy or I'm gonna be super sad or whatever the culture is doing, that's what I'm gonna do. Weakness will lead us to this. That's dehydration, emptiness. That's what that is. But then the other side is living by the Spirit. What happens when we live by the Spirit? We find contentment and peace where you were thirsty all of the time. When you saw somebody else get blessed, you're like, well, why couldn't I get blessed like that? Instead of thinking like that, you're thinking, man, I'm so happy that they got blessed. Man, that is awesome. I get to be connected with them and they're blessed. That is awesome. I love that. I'm content and I find peace in what God is doing in my life. Contentment and peace. I find love and good deeds. People that are living by the Spirit, it's not about your works, but good works follow those that are living by the Spirit. Right? I've, I've seen way too many preachers preach all this works-based uh, theology and, and salvation. That's not what I'm preaching. But what I'm preaching is your salvation should lead you to good works. It should. It should. And then, uh, th th this, is, this is huge right here, the third one. Rest, life, and hope. I'm gonna preach a message in, in just a little bit about rest, about how to rest. Rest, life, and hope. I, instead of confusion, you'll find the mind of Christ in faith. Let me just tell you that, that God is not the author of confusion in your life. So if you find yourself confused all of the time about the direction of your family, about the direction of your world, it might be because you've disconnected yourself from the source and you're, you're sourcing yourself on an empty cistern. Right? The mind of Christ and faith. And instead of weakness, you'll find joy and strength. In fact, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Right? Instead of weakness, that will take you wherever the current of the culture is telling you. And you just, oh, you're wishy and you're washy and you're going back and forth. How the waves, when the tide comes in, you're rolling in. When the tide comes out, you're rolling out. You find strength and you can, foundational. Find joy and strength. It's a choice. Will we love or agapeo the world or our Savior? It's a choice that we have. In Galatians, it says, May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Living from a devoted relationship with God's Spirit is the fulfilling way to live. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Jesus said in John 4, He said, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. What he's saying there is it's not just about filling you up. It's about living overflowing where everybody around you that you touch gets touched. 
you start touching people and they're like, there's something different. You start talking with people, there's something different because you're not living a filled life. You're living an overflowing life. Instead of an empty life, you're living an overflowing life. <clears throat> I wanted to bring a little illustration today. I, I, love, I love to use props. Y'all props people? In fact, I don't do that very much anymore. Maybe I need to do more. I, at one point, at one church that I worked for, I was known as the props pastor because I'd bring props, like I'd bring ladders and climb up on ladders and stuff. It was, it was, it was a good time. Maybe I'd need to do that more now. Uh, but I wanted to bring a little prop today and, and just kind of illustrate something. So what happens is a lot of times we, we trust in the cistern, right? This is the cistern of us. It's strong. It holds. And what happens is these little ping pong balls, they're our desires, our fleshly desires. And we fill our life up with this. But it's never really full, right? I could fill this thing up all the way with ping pong balls, but it's never truly full. It's gonna leave some emptiness. It's gonna leave some voids. And I shake it around and it moves. And and these things pop out and start. Life shakes a little bit. And I got a little turmoil. Oh, don't. Oh, it's okay. Don't. Don't get nervous. It's all right. It's just a little. Just a little something, right? Just. Well, there's struggle. There's. There's. I, I've got all family stuff. I got. I got some issues. I got some stuff going on. Well, eventually, what happens is this cistern. All of our stuff ends up everywhere. What the Lord really wants to do in your world is to take all of these little desires, all of the things, your fleshly desires, the agapeo for the world, remove them. You're an empty vessel. What the word says is that he's a living water. And he wants to start to fill you Little bit by little bit, he starts to fill you. The thing I love about this is when the Holy Spirit, the living water fills us. When we're living by the Spirit, it's not a moment. It's something that's moving in us continually. It's not a moment, it's a movement, right? When we live by the water, when we live by the source. These little fleshly desires, if we choose to live by the Spirit, they try to get in. Well, they can't, they can't push in because the Spirit pushes them out. Little bit by little bit, oh, I, I'm struggling with lust. No, I'm gonna live by the Spirit. I'm gonna live by the Spirit. I'm struggling with anxiety. I'm gonna live by the Spirit. Struggling with the love for the world. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna live by the Spirit. And all of these little desires that you thought made up your life, but ultimately made you feel empty inside, can be scattered all around the world and you don't care because you're living by the living water. The living water. You know what I found today? in a world that's messy and dehydrated, 
in a world that leaves us messy and dehydrated. I serve a God that offers living water, living water. His Holy Spirit will literally bring you alive again. When temptation comes, it's not gonna get through because if we let His Spirit reign in us, the sins of the flesh will leave. If we will resist the devil, he will flee. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and if you don't know what that is, it's the 50th day after Easter. It's the day that we celebrate His Spirit falling out on all men, just like it did in Acts 2. I wanna show you what that day looked like. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them, everybody say all, were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now I will say unashamedly, we are a Spirit-filled, life-giving church. That's what we are, that's who we are. This wasn't something that happened here in Acts chapter two. This wasn't just something that some of them could do and some of them could not. They were all different personality types. They were men, they were women, they were older people, they were younger people, they were, they were Jew, they were Gentile, all over the place in here in this room. And they all were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God moved on them and it changed them. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit a gift. When I tell my kids that they're getting a gift, guaranteed they're not gonna let me forget about it, right? They're gonna remind me every three and a half minutes until they get that gift, right? They're going to remind me about it. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit is a gift. It's available for all of us. So the question I would have for you on this Pentecost Sunday is when you've been living in a life that has a cistern, maybe a broken cistern, rather than being connected to the source, why wouldn't you want all that God has for you? Like if God has a gift for you, why wouldn't you want it? In a moment, we're gonna pray specifically for His Holy Spirit to come in this place and fill all of us or refill all of us because many of us were filled and we've allowed the world back into our lives. We're gonna connect to the source, but let me clarify some things before we do this. There is no junior Holy Spirit. If you're a brand new believer, this is for you. The gift is for you. If you've been in church for 40 years, this is still for you. You need the Holy Spirit to live, work, breathe. The second thing is that the Holy Spirit is not spooky. It's not. It's nobody, it's not the hokey spirit, it's the Holy Spirit right? Nobody's getting Benny Hand here today. We don't do that. It's not the way we operate. That's not biblical. I don't have to try to make rain when I know the rainmaker, right? It's as simple as us coming before God, taking our vessel, which is our soul, and emptying it out, saying, God, I repent. I turn away from all of the things that I've tried to satisfy my world with. Whatever the desires of my heart have been, God, I turn it away because it can't satisfy me. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, the only thing that can satisfy me. What you're gonna notice 
is when you pursue Him, when you draw near to God, He draws near to you. When you draw near to God, He draws near to you. Some of you are walking into the summer just needing a clean slate. Don't just repent and let the Lord unload off the sin of you, all the sin off of you and then walk out empty. You're just gonna fill back up with sin. But let Him fill you with His Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me across this room today? Today, what I wanna do, I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come forward. I know I've got some ping pong balls around, but just avoid them, it's okay. I wanna ask our prayer team to come forward. And what we're gonna do is in a moment, we're gonna sing, but before we get there, we're gonna repent together. We're gonna repent. What we're gonna do is together, nobody's gonna pray this for you. In fact, I'll pray, but I don't want you to pray when I'm praying. I want you to repent for any sin that's inside of your heart. It's okay, man, just leave. Just repent for any sin that's inside of your heart, anything that you know that offends the heart of God. We're gonna take about two minutes and we're gonna repent and then we're gonna sing. When we start singing, if you want the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you want what we're talking about right here, it's available in this house. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from our prayer team. It doesn't come from anything else but from God. That's the only way. And and so if you don't know what's going to happen, one of our prayer team will help you walk through that, what that looks like. But if you want this to be a moment where your clean slate becomes a full cup, it can happen here today. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads, and maybe even if you feel comfortable, maybe lift your hands at a sign of surrender. What we're gonna do is we're gonna ask God for forgiveness. We're gonna repent. Lord, we're sorry. God, we come before you with with heaviness, with anger, with deceit, with sin, God. And it's ultimately tried to stain us, but Lord, we, we repent of our sin. We repent of our yesterdays. We repent of the attitudes and and, and even the the lies that we might have told, the things that we might have said, the, 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 the offense that we've created in relationships, God, even offense between you and us, God, anything that offends your heart, God, I repent of that. God, I pray that you would turn us away. Turn me away, God, from sin. Turn me away from any iniquity, any desire of the flesh. I empty my cup before you. Lord, that you would fill us once again with your spirit. We empty ourselves of you, asking that you would show us your glory, that you would show us your glory, that you would show us what you want to do in this house, God, what you want to do in this house, Lord. We love you, and we're so thankful for your forgiveness, for your forgiveness, for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray that you would rain down your spirit in this house, that something mighty would happen in our midst today. Something mighty would happen in our midst today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Right now as we sing.